either, baby. I could use just a little help. You can't start a fire. You can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's for hire. Even if we're just dancing in the dark. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the podcast She Met Online, the only podcast dedicated to dishing about the Lifetime movies we love to hate. I'm Laura Franzisi, and with me today is Kay Alessandri. Thank you so much for coming today, Kay. Thank you. You're a writer, and you have a really great project about Nancy Drew. Do you want to tell our listeners about that? Sure. Thank you. So I, I'm a big Nancy Drew fan. I've, I've read the books. I'm, I wish I could say I just read, decided to read them as an adult after not reading them since I was 12, but I've actually been reading them ongoing since I was a child, just rereading for comfort. But I decided to review them as an adult. And as an adult means snarkiness and like, holy shit, where's the, what's up with the racism? <laughs> you know, really addressing all of the issues, even though I love Nancy Drew, like looking at it from an adult progressive's eye can be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of racism in Nancy Drew is what I learned reading. Yeah. Racism and lots of fat shaming. It's hard for me to get past, but. Yeah. And a lot of mystery, which, which goes in line with what we watched today. So we watched what has been dubbed as a stalker thriller. Um, called A Night to Regret. Yeah, I'm going to talk briefly about the cast. So Molly Gray is this Chloe Moritz-looking, like... Oh, yeah. She looks like a preteen, even though she's in real life 27. Lifetime movie aficionados will know her as uh, the nice mom from Double Daddy. And then people in pop culture will know her as the Disney star from the breakout hit, I kid you not, Kay, Teen Beach Movie. Okay, I thought I recognized her from Teen Beach, actually. <laughs> and Teen Beach Movie 2. Of course. The villain in this movie is played by someone named Kevin McNamara, who is a UCB-trained improv comedian. Really? And he became famous by being the first person on Vine to get 300,000 followers. Okay. That's an interesting thing to be famous for. Yeah, because he just did, like, funny 16 seconds. I don't know what Vine was. That, but. that might explain a lot about about his characterization. <laughs> <laughs> He's meant to be a comedian, actually. Yeah, and the mom is a staple in Lifetime movies. Uh-huh. So Margaret Morell plays her. She's in Wet Hot American Summer. She's in Wet Hot American Summer, which I feel bad for not recognizing her for that first. I immediately went to, oh, she's in F- Ex-Wife Killer. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you're watching Lifetime movies and now you're making a podcast about it, so it makes I, sense. I do, I love I love Lifetime movies. So let's just jump into everything. You took notes. I took notes. This movie was only 85 minutes long. It felt longer. (laughs) It felt like 13 years, (laughs) which surprisingly is how old Molly Gray looked. Yeah. 
Yeah, she looked young. I was surprised she was supposed to be a college student. Mm-hmm. That was that was surprising to me. Yeah. Because usually they go the other direction. Like they have people who look 25 playing Pretty Little Liars and, and whatnot. Yeah, normally it's like Tori Spelling after seven kids being like, <laughs> I haven't studied for the SATs. <laughs> so the movie starts and we don't even get an intro. It just cuts to an abduction. Yeah, and it's it's horrifying. And and it took me a second to realize it was a frame. I just thought, like, am I watching this from the middle of the movie? And I made a mistake. Nope. Yeah. That's that's it. Um, Bang. And then you know he's a bad guy because he has tattoos. He has tattoos, and he has this, like, crazy perp walk out of prison. Like, it's hard not to know. Yeah. And they do that, like, weird, crazy perp walk where he looks angry, and I'm thinking, like, why are you letting him out of prison? Like, he's clearly going to commit more crimes. You can tell from the look on his face. And, okay, his name was Jake. His name was Jake Peters. And Molly plays a girl named Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. And we're not even at the four-minute mark where, I mean, we saw Jake walk out of prison. We saw he has tattoos. The keyboard synth made us know that he was not a good person, but he had to push his mom down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) And I've never seen, like, even just her walking out and being on top of the stairs, I'm like, oh, she's getting pushed down the stairs. Like, I've never seen a more (laughs) pretext to someone getting pushed down the stairs. And that includes Psycho. Like... (laughs) It's really obvious. I feel like, so the actress that plays Jake's mom gets literally 30 seconds of screen time. She comes out and she's like, honey, will you help me down the stairs? And then she does like this super impressive, like relieved to happy to scared to falling. Oh, yeah. I think that she's really the breakout performance of the entire movie. Yeah. If I had to watch 85 minutes just for that one 30 seconds, it still wouldn't be worth it, but I'm glad it was there. Yeah. It brings a little, a little closer. To yeah. What is, what is one of your notes? What is one of the things you'd like to... I mean, like, I'm glad you brought up the music because the music was something that really jumped out at me. Yes. Because I describe it as ominous Catholic chanting. Yes, I was thinking of, do you remember how if you had your keyboard, you could like make it go like, ooh, 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 and like, oh, make yeah. it, and like make it like sing like the Titanic song? Um, it felt like that. That's right. The weird, like synthesized kind of sound, but it's chanting. So it also sounds like they're trying to synthesize like Carmina Burana or something. I love you. Because <laughs> I could just sing Oh Fortuna. Yeah. I, I did kind of wish like during those sequences where the chanting was happening, I'm like, this seems really odd. Like we don't know how to feel about this yet, but you're inserting this chanting. And I almost kind of wished that they'd play something, I don't know, like like Kiss Me from the Cardigans or something like really like, oh, this could be okay. <laughs> right. But speaking from experience, when they try to do that, they don't have the money for oh, yeah. Kiss Me from the Cardigans. So they <laughs> end up with something much worse. They end up with like that person that did all the music for Sweet Valley High, the series. And they yes. like, sing lyrics about like what's happening. Like yes. me and my friends hanging around, getting some golf on. <sighs> or like the... California Dreams theme song. Don't wake me up if I'm dreaming. 
Yes. California Dreams, which was like Baywatch, but like for junior high kids. Yeah, but now I kind of wish that was in this movie. <sighs> Me too. So Chelsea meets Mila. Mila? Is it? It's Mila, I think. Yeah, Mila, who, you know, got kicked out of high school because she was doing bad things. Yeah, it's not really, like, implicated exactly what the bad things were. Like, maybe she was just doing drugs and getting Chelsea into trouble. Yeah. Or was a toxic friend or something like that. But, you know, just in case we weren't clear about where this movie was going, Mila drugs Chelsea 10 minutes in and says, it's my special champagne. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like, I feel like rape and, like, drugs are like the only plot like movers in these lifetime movies are like well how can we make this interesting and some guys like i know rape well yes exactly some guys like rape and then also it's somehow even though she's like drugged by her friend who she's supposed to trust it still comes off even from the title as it's a night to regret like what does she have to regret about this she gets drugged and shows her shoulder once like that's (laughs) So they, it was really hard to pick up, but they, they alluded to her getting fully topless. Did they? Okay. Cause even uh, like the later photo on the website, it's just her like showing her shoulder. Right. Because it's lifetime. And then we go straight to the like body shame and all the wrong reasons. Like she didn't say I was drugged, but she said, I didn't want to be a prude. Mm. And that's why I drank the spiked drink and showed my boobs. Yeah. And then we get into like why Mila didn't, why Mila didn't, why Mila turned to a life of webcams because she said, unlike you, I never had a mom who cared about me. Mm, Poor Mila. And it's like, maybe, (laughs) maybe your mom just saw you at face value. Yeah, I know. She's clearly just new drugs people and puts them online, so... Like, oh, you want to drug your best friend from high school? Cool. You can't can't live in my house rent-free. I have a question about Chelsea's mom, though. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know if, like, I turned my eyes away from the screen for a second or what. Is Dean her father? His name is just Dean. Yeah, I think that's got to be her stepdad. Stepdad, right? Because no one is like, hey, mom. Hey, Dean. Yeah, and like even on IMDb, it doesn't even say like Dean and their last name. It says just Dean. That's his name. And I would figure he'd have the same last name if he was going to be the established father. You know, it wasn't, um, it was not made clear at all. It was not. Nor were many things involving Dean, but we'll get to that. So like nothing was made clear. The only motivation was... I like drugs. I need money to do a bad movie. And my mom never loved me. That's right. Oh man, we're really getting into the thick of it. Man, this is, this is my note. And then I'll let you also share whatever stuck out at you. But Chelsea is talking to her friend, like right after they just drugged her and brought her into like this webcam ring. She says, I really like them. What? She's Chelsea's like, yeah, Chelsea's like, but I really like them. Okay. I think I missed that. Yeah, if you weren't like looking for just awfulness, it wouldn't have stuck out. Yeah. That 
is, I mean, there are many things about this whole like thing as a plot line and a frame that are problematic, but yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah. As a serial killer aficionado, I think I was focused too much on Kevin McNamara. Right. Going back to, oh, what's his name? His name is Jake. Yeah. Going back to Jake, if someone stalked me, but it came with a free gym membership, I think I'd be okay with it. <laughs> but no one seemed to be at his gym. Like, right. was that not a red flag that, like, there was zero people at his gym? And was he in, like, multi-level marketing with, like, his protein powder? It seemed like it, and that he was, like, kind of Ponzi scheming people out. And, and then that's when I started going, like, okay, there must have been a lot longer since he pushed his mom down the stairs. Because it kind of seems like pushes his mom down the stairs, logs on, sees Chelsea, becomes obsessed. But it must have been like months passing before that happened. I think you're giving the writers too much credit. That's <laughs> <laughs> really trying to like investigate this. Man, at, at one point I just wrote down, I am screaming into the void. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down, and I'm trying to remember when this, oh yeah, this is when he's watching Chelsea on the webcam. Uh-huh. And he, he like bites his fist. Yeah. That's like a thing they show men doing, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I can't even handle this. This is so sexy. I can't even take it. I just have to bite my fist. Like yeah. It can be like a, a common criminal minds, law and order SVU type of fist biting is like a, ah, oh, I should just murder her already. Like, <laughs> doing it, but. <laughs> so many crimes. <laughs> yeah yeah there was even ominous catholic chanting over the workout like with her and her mom yeah it was so strange it felt like it felt like jaws was happening and there was like a shark that was about to come out and eat them i also felt like and maybe this is just because i thought he was pretty cute even though he was not mentally sound. Yeah. Um, I feel like he probably could have asked her out to dinner after the gym membership and like had a chance. Yeah. Like he's, he was a handsome enough guy and he obviously was able to charm her mom into this kind of come to the gym. So it's not like he couldn't have done a Ted Bundy type thing. I don't, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I never really got what his end game was. Yeah, you couldn't tell because, like, he tied her up, but he didn't rape her, and he killed basically everyone around her, which was, I think the final murder count was four? So, wait, who did he kill? His mom? So he killed his mom, and then there's Mila's friend, Liam. Oh, yeah, the day stabbing. Who he shanked. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow, this is just like during the day. This is off-putting. And then he just like threw him in the dumpster. And then he killed his neighbor, Bill, who like oh, insisted yeah. on returning a lawnmower. That's right. He was really pushing it. He deserved it, was she? <laughs> yeah. Let's, um, let's talk about the lack of a good job that the police did in this movie. Yeah, there was like really poor communication on their part, but at the same time, they didn't, they weren't writing them like they were supposed to be bad cops because they were pretty aggressive. So yeah, like why was Mila at the crime scene taking photos and being able to get this dead guy's fingerprint and the cops are right there? Like there's just so many balls they dropped. Yeah, and even in the beginning, they're like, you can't call the police about this stalker because they'll tell your mom about the webcam. Oh, I hate that. Oh, that brings yeah. me back to like 
my pretty little liars, like, just, just tell your parents, just tell them, just tell your parents, tell them. Just like, be honest because you have a stalker and nothing about her mom that indicates that, that she would be like cruel to her about that. You know what I mean? Like she's a, she's a college student. And she'd be like, let me tell you about the time I went to Mardi Gras at the summer of love. (laughs) Yeah. The police, um, oh yeah, they don't even bring in Jake for questioning. No, they don't. They just like go to his gym and then there's all these red flags that are really obvious that she tells the mom about for some reason, but then doesn't double back on it. Like there was one huge like piece of information she left out. Yeah, she was like, oh, so we found Liam. He died, and the last phone number and address he had was for Jake. Yeah. And then they just go to the gym, and they're like, so did you know about this? And he was like, nope. And they were like, okay, have a nice day. Yeah, but then they, like, try and ask him the one more question to seem badass, and he's like, then he lies, and they're like, all right, I guess you're fine. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. It was a really, like, hard-nosed-seeming lady police officer but like none of her her actions I guess were more that of like the cop that's one year away from retirement and is like a good old boy and he's like just lazy on the job yeah and I mean in in true lifetime movie defense like the police did a shit job so that the mom could save the day Right. And that was nice. Actually a legitimately good acting job for her at the end. Yeah. So he, um, people following along are like, saved her from what? Jake used a hallucinogenic flower, which I don't even think is a real thing, to knock them unconscious, her and her friend. Is that the like chloroformy rag he was using with his like hallucinogenic flower? No, the hallucinogenic flower was like, it looked oh, like mace. That's right. He was like, these are angel trumpet flowers and they'll knock you out and then you'll see some shit. I have a trumpet tree right next to me right now. Wait, do you, do you have that next to you? Yeah, angel trumpet. Do you know that you could use, (laughs) did you know that you could use the flowers to kidnap and rape people? Like, I didn't know. And they should really put that in the gardening handbook. Like, could be used to abduct and murder people. Right. Or multiple people, if you're, if you're, like, because he was a serial killer. Yeah. But also, like, but he, like, he kind of came out of the gate as a serial killer. Like, apparently he had had some, like, domestic assault violations and stuff, and that's why he was in prison and stalking. But, like, it seemed like he came out of prison, he was just like, you know, I've waited long enough to pursue my dream of becoming a serial killer, and I'm really going to go for it this time. Calm down the stairs. He's not going to let anyone get in his way. There was no... I feel like the worst part of the acting was really portrayed when the mom called the webcam girl Mila, and she was like... Mila was like, my really good friend Liam died. And the mom was like, are you okay? Yeah. And she just goes, I'm okay. (laughs) And that was like the extent of it. Yeah. I don't think Mila's acting chops were really up to it or... She is a total psychopath, and her concern was manufactured. But again, that would be giving the writers too much credit. Yeah, and normally, like, normally this movie has everything in it that I would love. Like, there was a movie within the movie. Yep. But we never even found out, like, like what the movie's about, and why is she in torts? Like, is she making a legal movie? Right. 
don't understand her class load. It doesn't. <laughs> and like, what kind of movie are you filming? I mean, I guess it's indicative of the movie we watched. But what kind of movie are you in where you're like, I have a thousand dollars. I can make my movie now. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what you could make for a thousand dollars. You could get like one very cheap camera. You could get one really awesome craft services well, table. Obviously, an elaborate movie because it had been eating up her time for the previous year. That's why her boyfriend broke up with her, right? Because he was like, "Wah, you never see me." Wah, wah. Yeah, that was also like it was such a like a weird guilt trip for him to be like, "I'm not a priority in your life," and yeah. it just feels like this is all your fault. Yeah, but she, yeah, then to kind of like artificially put him in the hero place at the end was a little strange. I kind of wished he would have just gone away. Yeah, he came back at the end and was like, "Let's go find her. Let's go save them." Yeah, it didn't really track no nothing about this movie tracked <laughs> can we talk about dean yet i really i like I need to talk about dean yeah <laughs> dean, dean the stepdad is is he dead we don't know they're just like walking and laughing at the end but the last i saw of him he was unconscious and he he could have just been like lightly strangled you know enough to be like pass out but he couldn't right. like and there's and there's no mention of him and like the only thing that he had other than like getting strangled in the rescue attempt the only other real part he had where he was like i'm trying to get a raise yeah working yeah it didn't even seem like he lived with them I was just very confused by his presence altogether. But then by the end, I, I was oddly invested in him. Yeah. And then they couldn't have even thrown in a line at the end like, oh, you know. Dean's out of the hospital. I, yeah, Dean's out of the hospital or I'm going to a gala with, with Dean or we're having a date night. or It's just something. like. No, Dean is... Just, might as well have not existed. Dean is yesterday's news. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. To me, that's, that's, that's the biggest regret that... I felt from this movie a night to regret. What happened to Dean? Still haunts me. I am haunted by the fact that this was this was branded as a thriller. Yeah, <laughs> nothing about it was thrilling. Well, and it did feel like oddly funny at times. Not even like a, and it, maybe it's because Lifetime is doing that thing where they're like, we know how ridiculous these are, so we're just gonna like go for it, and we know. <laughs> But it didn't quite hit the mark with that either. No. Yeah. Are there any other key points that you feel we didn't get to talk about? I think I did write that the whole, that I have a theory that the whole movie was actually written as a cautionary tale written by a team of overdramatic incel dudes. Yes. That was, that was my take on it after I finished the movie. Like, (laughs) this is what it felt like to me. They got together and they're like, we need to make girls understand how their stupid, slutty behavior has consequences and how they can flirt with people. And then we really have the right to murder them is like how this whole movie felt. Yeah. Wow. You hit the nail on your head. Normally we end with Jerry Springer's style final thoughts. And I feel like those are your final thoughts. Yeah. It feels, it feels like uh, my sum up. (laughs) Yeah. My my final thoughts, my takeaway on A Night to Regret is if you're going to be a webcam girl, really go for it. Yeah. You know, I feel like if she had really committed to being a webcam girl, she would have been able to fund her movie. Yep. Uh, and it would have been a completely different story. Yeah. Um, so don't half-ass webcams. No. 
And there was like a, a series of message boards after this movie came out from frustrated webcam girls saying like, you, you've misunderstood what we do. Like, this is a viable, you know, there's employment, like really legitimately like upset. This is a form of sex work that's completely legitimate and you're making it sound like it's something different. Like we're drugging people and luring them into it and we're not. Like, this is just employment. Yeah, there is a lot of sex shaming yeah. in this whole, whole thing and a lot of body ne- negativity. It was, and some rape. So your classic Lifetime movie. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you again, Kay, for coming on my show. I loved having you. Thank you so much. I would love to do it again. I, I love Lifetime movies. It's been a tradition in my family for many years. <laughs> yeah. I love Deadly Vows. That's like my top, but that was many years ago. Um, no, we can we can watch Deadly Vows. I feel like you just committed to it until death do you part. I think it's like, I think it's like John Ritter and Marg Helgenberger. I want to say are the two stars. John Ritter. I know. I miss him. Who would you have played John Ritter in the John Ritter Lifetime movie? I assume like Jason Ritter isn't on the table. Like, um, <laughs> I I want to say that guy that played Sean in Boy Meets World. I don't know why. Uh, his his name is Ryder Strong, yeah, and I Strong. think I think that's a wonderful choice. Yeah, I think he I think he'd pull it off. I do too, and I think like anyone could be Suzanne Summers. Oh, definitely any blonde woman yes that's it yeah all right well until next time i'm laura franzizi and this is the podcast you met online Stop.